Welcome back to the Auto Week Podcast. This is episode 30, the big 3-0. Uh, we have finally arrived. Seems like we've uh, done a lot more than this, but it has been such a pain in the ass. It does seem more kind of like we spent more time working on this. Probably seems like episode 300 for Wesley. We've, we did do the spooktacular about 12 times. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so really it's like 45. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is 30 of the ones that you'll actually hear. I think we've probably, we're probably closer to, to 60 or 80 uh, well, actual with attempts. The, uh, the Pantheon, what's it called? The, the Canon. The Canon. Jesus. No, right. no, 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 no. The, what's the, uh, the, the Parthenon? The, the luxury, oh, the luxury listeners. What's the oh, word? Oh, Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Yes. If, you, if you include the Patreon. Yeah, we're at several hundred. I yeah, think. right. Um, so, you know, early on, I think we did uh, learn that we should introduce ourselves at the beginning of each podcast. People love it. People do love it, uh, especially because our cast is kind of a rotating crew. Right. Um, yeah. I'm Rory. I'm the publisher of uh, Auto Week. I'm basically... a I do most of the belittling, belittling, <laughs> I think, of the other people here. Mm-hmm. As, was it, as was it belittling stew. and sarcasm? Is yep. that what it was? I think the yeah. sarcasm's for us all. Oh. You oh, know, okay. that's the thing. I believe it? arrogance was also mentioned. Oh, yeah, there arrogance, at some point. yeah. arrogance, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. thank you, you Stu, for listening. Thank you, <laughs> Stu, on iTunes. Uh, I will note, I was going to mention this at the end, uh, the bribery thing. Stu says, our... Uh, five-star reviews don't come honestly they're rewarded with tool giveaways uh, that has actually only worked once <laughs> so, <laughs> socially, so, we thought uh, it, yeah. it did not that was our plan uh it has not worked it it failed beautifully yeah i mean we have the five-star reviews but uh we're still waiting for people to claim their uh I have so much junk to give away <laughs> so much good stuff i just yeah at this point just email us we'll send you some stuff because this is it has not worked. Anyway, who yep. else is here? Uh, we got. Uh, I'm uh, Jake Lingaman, the row test editor. I had for to think Auto about Week. it a little bit there. <laughs> it's, it's, I didn't you know, know it's my your turn. name. I know it was my turn. Jake, call me Jake. Yep, Jake the Snake. Uh, I'm Wesley. You guys know me. I'm Jimmy Pelizzari. Mm. Jimmy P. Pelizzari. Is that an Italian name? Uh, yeah. Huh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yep. we have uh, an agenda today, which I don't have uh, in front of me. A little bit of action. We're going to talk about some things. Wesley's uh, Wesley's got some ideas about what we're going to talk about. No, we're going to talk about Belle Isle a little bit, uh, considering we spent uh, 200 <laughs> podcast hours last week on our Belle Isle yearly Belle Isle Spectacular. I, I think that's why it feels like the podcast is such like a workload right now, because we spent the past week just... Just interviewing everybody. Yeah. Uh, and this time around, we have just one interview, and it's good, and, um, but doesn't have anything to do with Belle Isle. That's correct. Um, but mostly, what I want to talk about today at uh, the Detroit Grand Prix, because we all watched the race. Everybody watched the race. Well, <laughs> uh, one person, one person <laughs> didn't watch the race. Well, uh, actually, I do recall a couple people just kind of showing up for like an hour on Sunday, and then. Just leaving before the end of the race. I watched. Yeah, the, I watched yeah, the Saturday exactly race. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. in its entirety. I got down there at uh, noonish. No, yeah. wait, two-ish. Yeah, noonish, one-ish on Saturday, and stayed till shit. I was there till five or something like that. You yeah. were gone for three hours. Yeah, I was at the other suite watching it with the Chevy people. Well, I'm sorry. You should have hung with your friends from Auto Week. I, uh, I couldn't. I, he know, was he was working. You're not my friends. I uh, also. I, I didn't watch it at all. Yeah, but you were rallying. 
All right, so a lot yeah. of people. I was in there. the I was in the woods. The woods. You weren't the northern woods you were of Pennsylvania. Yeah, mm. lovely. It is lovely, Scenic. actually. It's it's really it's it. really beautiful. Did you yeah. see any Mennonites? Or uh, uh, I might the have. They're not allowed to go I in the might woods. Have. Ooh, yeah, yeah, because there's a creature out there that eats them. <laughs> I saw that movie. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so Jimmy's at a rally. Um, we have Vaughn Gittin checking in. Uh, Love Vaughn Gittin. Really cool guy. Yeah. Does a lot of RTR talk. Nicest yes. guy in the world. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about some cars that we have uh, that Jake is about to drive. One that we are currently driving in the fleet. want to talk about a, a cool moment that we had uh, because of our, our friend Dave from Slot Mods. Uh, the guy who builds the, uh, the slot car tracks. He actually hooked us up with a really... Good exclusive interview that nobody else had. Um, got to spend a good half hour or so talking with Zach Brown, the CEO of McLaren. Ah, yes. um, I didn't know he set that up. Yeah, he texted me. I was like, hey, you guys want to talk to Zach Brown this weekend? And I was like, sure. Is he in town? Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, as it turned out, we had a, a good opportunity. We actually sat down in the uh, in Bobby Ray Hall's uh, hospitality tent and, and got a good half hour in talking to zach so we'll cover that as well we have some uh, a really good i mean the whole transcript is up on the site you should go read it but i can get into some some details from that but anyway detroit belle isle grand prix no chevrolet detroit belle isle grand prix presented by lear uh, I, I also saw a still ad it was presented by still part of it was Ooh, still? power sports timber sports still steel still s-t-i-h-l though yes yeah, yeah, timber sports oh, the steel. chainsaw steel? guy is it yeah. steel yeah okay is it a, yeah i think they're steel. swedish steel Isn't that like a like a uh, patagonia or something like that no they what? make chainsaws and shit oh, no, that's yeah. cool yeah. sorry no cool, cool make cigarettes do you guys not no, watch other timber cool. sports on espn it's yeah the, no the, steel they're orange chainsaws from sweden yeah great i want to a chainsaw competition I would love. Cool. I would love to see that. Okay. So anyway, uh, Grand Prix. What happened? Uh, super fun race. Obviously, a great weekend. I, I did want to talk very briefly. There was um, a little bit of controversy before the race. Uh, there are these like five white people, uh, three of whom are probably from Royal Oak, who have this like totally insane campaign against the races oh, um, Jesus Christ. yeah just to be clear royal oak if you're not familiar with michigan is, is about in detroit. 30 minutes away from detroit yeah on it on a best on its best day yeah and not a cool place to go um i mean there's there's a couple of good restaurants yeah, it's a kind of a nice place i don't know about that royal oak isn't it there's a qdoba there that's I mean, the qdoba is really good I've a lot gone, of bars a lot of restaurants but it's just the, the dorkiest weirdest people there's there. a buffalo wild wings too is there yeah and hold on I think yeah, and uh, Starbucks. There's something else that's good out there too, and I don't. Re- I'm having trouble remembering what it's it good is. Fifth breakfast Avenue. Place. There's a couple good breakfast places. I think. Fifth Avenue is kind of the bar in Royal Oak where I cut my drinking teeth at. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I also so, threw up there on my 21st birthday. That's right yeah, at the bar. That was, good, that was a good time. So, it's yeah. there's a lot of that in that town. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, anyway. Party anyway, party. so these people who probably never come to Detroit. Well, I mean, a couple of them, I think, do live in town, um, from what I've been able to uncover. Wait, I thought they are from where I live. Uh, a couple of them are from Detroit. Three out, three uh, out, three out of five. five. Yeah. Three out of uh, five. But anyway, right. they have this thing. They, I imagine they are calling and harassing the uh, the local news channel and the local uh, radio stations and the local papers nonstop because they managed to get a tremendous amount of media coverage. They didn't, um, they didn't harass one local podcast. No, they they didn't come on the podcast. We should ask them next year. We should. It would be a. It would have to 
point point counterpoint or crossfire? Well, it would depend on how. Like, I'd have to Can develop Chris some Matthews? some skills of, of being nice and practicing some restraint between now and then. Because as as regular listeners know, I have a tendency to belittle people. So He's aggressive, belittling, <laughs> yeah. arrogant. Uh, but Help yeah, me. these are uh, just the dumbest people in the world, and uh, really awful people whose whose only purpose in the world is to steal joy. You'd imagine that you know when the Belle Isle uh, Grand Prix isn't going on, they're looking for high school kids to report to the cops uh, for skateboarding or smoking cigarettes mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, and I think too that you know I live in that I live uh, about a mile from Belle Isle, and I think um, well, it was pointed out to me by a, a Twitter user uh, that I do live in a very nice neighborhood in a, uh, a beautiful neighborhood. Yeah, uh, ritzy. I think was the word they used. Which I mean, maybe Ritzy by Detroit standards, but uh, yeah. uh, I don't. I don't know if Ritzy uh, if that would be considered Ritzy literally anywhere else in the world. I mean, you live in a two point eight million dollar estate with yeah. a couple acres. I would wonder. Yeah, I'd wonder if. I wonder how many homes you could buy in, in my neighborhood for two point eight million. It would be several houses, at, uh, at least a lot. Eight. At, It'd be over a handful. Yeah. But, yeah. Listen, more homes than one would need. But anyway, Patreon Gold members do know that is where we hold the annual Cone Exec meet. Yeah. Uh, at Rory's. The power big Cone Exec meet. Yeah. But the, uh, anyway, so these people, um, you know, I think there are some people who do have a legitimate claim. Uh, the, the Belle Isle Grand Prix setup and takedown is long. Uh, I think that's pretty well known. It's on an island, and it would be very expensive, I think, to get it up and down faster. But you can still use the park. You can still use nine tenths of the island, and the parts that people actually use are still open, even on race day. Yeah, you can still use the racetrack when there's like up to the week before yeah. they're setting up, which is fun. Uh, yeah, fun. we drove. We Kate and I went out and drove the track the night before. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it so, but it is you know it is a, a nice part of the island. I think. Um, that part of the island is mostly concrete. I think people who use the island regularly to barbecue or fish or uh, do outdoor recreation tend to stay on the, I guess, the northern end of the North island. Side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, the the Grand Prix part only fills up the the south end, which and is like mostly you said, concrete. Only yeah, one fifth of it. Like yeah. you said, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's a very small percentage. The the people have uh, this website. The complaining people have this website where they like. And, and what is that? Is that their only complaint? Is that for those what? Two months, no, forty they have days, all or something these, like, like that. Uh, what else? What is their complaint? I think they've they, been, they've been kind of moving, moving along, trying to find a legitimate one. Yeah, and have settled on the the setup and tear down, which mm. which is a long time. It is a long. It's time as to close to a legitimate. But claim Chevy and Lear and the city of Detroit have put more money into that island because of the Grand Prix than for any other reason. Sure, I mean Penske. Sure, yeah, they've Penske. put ton, tons of money into it. Obviously. The island is much improved uh, over where it was when it started. Um, we still need that zoo, though. Bring the zoo back. We need the zoo back, baby. Uh, there's a little nature zoo on the north end of the island. Yeah, the conservatory cute, or whatever. Very cute. No, it's like a, no, a little nature zoo. There's like a There's an deer. aquarium, right? There's an aquarium? In- well, the aquarium in the, in the conservancy mm-hmm. is in the middle of the island. But on the north end of the island, by the golf course, there's, there's a, a conservatory. Sorry. There's a golf course? Yeah, a little yeah. par three out there. It's nice. I played, yeah. I played a few times. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Jesus, Wesley. Wesley lives even closer to the island <laughs> I do. Apparently, has never been to it. I just, I just go. Wesley, to the... you should start complaining loudly about since you've never been there. Well, that's the thing. The place I go to generally is where it's blocked off. I go and look at Canada and the sunset. It's uh-huh. beautiful. Uh, like, on the uh, right on the river. So you are maybe uh, a bit of romance. <laughs> yep. Uh, I but it, I didn't complain. So anyway, but there's all these like vague environmental concerns. The one that stands out to me is. Uh, they were like, uh, 
it's tacky. They said it's, can you imagine Frederick Law Olmsted, who's the guy who supposedly designed Belle Isle, which is maybe not exactly true if you look into the actual history of it. Like He did uh, he did Central Park in New York, too. And the, these people are, uh, could you imagine the city of New York allowing racing in Central Park? Uh, yes. Which, which would be awesome. Pittsburgh's Vintage Grand Prix happens in a, in a park in their city. Uh, it doesn't create any problems. People love it. Um, but, uh, you know, Monaco would be a, an example. Uh, I'm sure they also hold, like, music. Yeah. Like, giant, in Detroit. giant and music festivals yeah. in Central Park. Well, and that's that's the thing. I, I think a lot of these people... Um, and Prospect Park, another Olmsted Park. Yeah. I, I think a lot of these people have a really hard time believing that anyone would want to hold an event in Detroit. Um, and they, they're, they're almost... You know, in in other cities, in New York, in Monaco, in Pittsburgh, or wherever, um, events happen because people want to to do things in the city for the city and for the people in the city to come and enjoy. It's um, it's almost like when an event comes to a large populace of people, the event does better. It's weird, yeah. I mean, you know, Jimmy and I grew up in a small town that had a, a big festival that you know we had. You know, uh, fifteen to thirty thousand people, I think, live in the city, uh, normal, uh, regular time of the year, uh, and then it's like three hundred thousand people come into town for this th- festival, and it sucks ass, and it I hate it. Shuts the city down. Yeah, but the idea that I would organize a group of uh, assholes to try to shut it down because I don't personally like it is so insane to me. Is that arrogant? I don't know. I mean, as far as the effect on the city. I drove all through the city on Saturday and some on Friday, yeah. and nothing was affected. Yeah. It's all on the island, which yeah. makes it even better. The only yeah. thing that sucks is Jefferson a little bit, but Jefferson but only barely, sucks on the weekend anyway. But barely. I mean, I was up and down Jefferson on Friday it's or Saturday, and there was not even a ton of traffic. The, the like cruising that. traffic on, like, Saturday night or Wednesday night or every night on Jefferson in the summertime, is which is a, awesome. Is there a lot of cruising traffic on yeah, Jefferson? Yeah, awesome. Come on. Oh, yeah. 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 It's awesome. No. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I live there. Yes. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, but I, I think, anyway, there there are some people uh, who do, like I said, who rely on that park for outdoor recreation who, um, you know, that's their place to go. And I there were some complaints, too, about uh, Memorial Day weekend. People were turned away from the park because it was, it was too crowded. And, you know, if you talk to people who have actually lived in Detroit, obviously not me, for a long time, they will tell you that that used to happen all the time. People... It, Bell Isle would become too full. The police would shut it down and not allow more people to come onto the island. There is a capacity for it. Um, but the, the the big complaint this time was people were being turned away and there would have been more room had the bleachers not been set up on the south end of the island, which, yeah, that's probably true. Um, it, people were turned away this Memorial Day Yeah, this weekend? Memorial Day weekend. Um, and it was, like, super hot, obviously. Um, Wait, hold on. I'm- are you being sincere? I didn't yeah. see anyone get turned away. Yeah, actually, no, Kate and I were. Yeah, it was <laughs> oh. like late late in the day. But then we actually we drove around the block. We went downtown. By the time we came back, it was, fine. It was open again. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh. Huh. But it. So I again, I, I don't want to. You know, there are local people in Detroit too who who have been here for a long time, and I'm sure there are a lot of them who have complaints, legitimate maybe complaints about the the races, obviously. Um, if, if again, you live in an apartment and this is your place where you go out to, uh, to swim or whatever, and it's a little bit inconvenient, 
you have every right to complain about being inconvenienced. That's part of uh, that's part of the world uh, that we live in. So it's great to to do. I love to complain about inconveniences. Well, it's like my number one thing, pretty much. Complaining's great. Yeah, um, but again, these like five weirdos who like bring their kids out and like make little signs for their kids uh, and have again these vague environmental complaints or or whatever just totally baffling to me and i hope that you know i think if you live in detroit in america in 2018 and you've come to the conclusion that the issue that deserves your attention and protesting is a race on an island that happens a few weeks of the year uh, you are absolutely an insane and awful person and you should you should reconsider uh reconsider your priorities um, so but after you get past the people protesting, well, actually, no one, no one showed up to protest at all. That yeah. was the other thing, and I, I think that's you know the the biggest complaint I think that I actually have about it is the amount of media coverage that this uh, received. There was an article in the whatever the old paper is. Um, how much media it receives and how many people actually show up? There was nobody there. Like, I don't think I've ever seen more than a couple. Two or, I, two I saw or one three. person like a week ago walking by themselves on I Jefferson think that was with like the sign. Two years ago. And there was no one. I was at the races all weekend. I didn't see anybody uh, complaining. Yeah. Even on their website where they have pictures of past protests, it's like eight people like all strung <laughs> out on uh, on Jefferson. And uh, strung out just just like physically just dispersed. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. strung out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not like, using dress. At least yeah. get them all together <laughs> with the signs and take a closely cropped photo so it looks like there's some mass there. Right. Um, but anyway, the the local paper and NPR and everybody else just went absolutely nuts for this idiotic story. Um, they should be totally ashamed of that. I don't they? Isn't that like a yearly thing, though? I feel like they get yeah. one story every year or yeah. a few stories every year, one in each paper every year as it comes around. And, and I'm, then. I'm being very charitable and kind of hoping that uh, they're just responding to some nag. some Editor? Just some someone... <laughs> Who's calling them nonstop? Why are you going to do a story about why are you in the Penske's pocket or why are you ignoring right. this issue or whatever? The pocket of big, ra- big race car. Yeah, yeah. Um, big race. But yeah, it it, it is fully one hundred percent absurd. Those people should be ignored. Not just about this issue, but about everything else. Yeah. No. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. If, they're, if this they're is the, the issue, w- they're going to hang their hat on. They're then the they can worst be for everything type else. of people. And I think mm-hmm. you know, Graham and I had a, a bigger conversation. We'll we'll leave it. I don't need to talk about this the whole time, but. These are the people who are a threat to your right to drive a car. These are the people who are a threat to your right to go racing. Um, these are the people who who believe that their cause is um, telling other people what they can and cannot do. Not in America, God damn it. Not anywhere. I mean, not in America. The, I mean, <laughs> America. Anyway, uh, but after you get past all this, you get through the gate. It's Sunday. We're getting ready for the IndyCar race. Yeah. The pace car goes out and then. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mark Rice, a uh, very accomplished uh, driver, uh, a guy who. Big enthusiast. Uh, huge enthusiast, but Corvette also who has uh, more high performance driving experience and qualification than certainly anybody in this room. Probably a, a few of the people who are actually racing. Yes, I, w- I would say uh, that. At Belle Isle. Uh, this weekend absolutely looped his ER one he biffed it yeah is what you call it. he <laughs> just, biffed it hard and just just wrecked it i, I mean, only i only felt bad i think everyone just felt if bad you're, like, if you're gonna if you're gonna biff it that's not the place to do it i know? mean national television that's about it the, the, <laughs> it is as i said the worst case scenario for being a pace car driver except actually no the worst case did bison ever put that up 
the challenger yeah the guy uh car dealer and i think 71, 71 at the indy. indy 500 on national television nailed a grandstand in it was like a camera no stand died. and no one died but he like pulled into the pit at like 75 miles an hour and did not slow can't do that and just hit just drove through the pit and came out the end of the pit back in those days there was like a a camera stand like for the broadcast mm-hmm. with probably 30 40 people standing up there and just ran directly into it. <laughs> just like no effort to stop. Just absolutely. Uh, I think it's one of those you missed the stop sign, right. you know, and by the time you realized what was happening. Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. We're going. Yeah, we're, going. we're going in. Uh, I think as the broadcast said, uh, no fatal injuries uh, yeah. were recorded. Yeah. Which is why we can laugh about it today. Yeah. Well, I mean, probably a lot of those people would be dead anyway. Yeah. Uh, by now it was the 70s so. and they could Jesus be complications Christ. or related to the yeah. injuries received anyway um it didn't go into that detail so royce did wreck the car otherwise though what do you guys think happened wait are we what yeah well, let's talk, are, we go, are we passing this are we uh, i mean it, we don't know what happened i mean i have some theories yeah well i think we should wildly <laughs> speculate what do we do of course i mean I, for? so so here's what i know okay here's what i know tell us which parts you know which parts you're speculating so then we can also no no i'm gonna tell you what i know and then I'll leave you guys to speculate. Right. Okay, so we know he was in a zero one Corvette. Yes. Uh, no. The first thing is there was kind of a joint there on the track, like a little bump where cars were being unloaded, uh, rear ends were being unloaded all weekend. It looked like the Indy car drivers were either turning in before that, trying to move forward so they go over the jump straight. This is turn two. Yep. Um, we know that there was a two seater on the track in front of him. Right. Okay. So I think um, that might have. And, and in front of that, a bunch of Camaro parade cars. I think so. Yeah. I'm trying to think of there's. I feel like there was something else that I knew. Um, the rain washed most of the rubber off the track, which doesn't affect it that much. Yeah, but, but we dry. had a couple races in the morning, so. But but uh, oh, I know Will Power, who you know technically, certainly uh, depends on uh, Rice uh, for some some sponsorship considerations. Did not directly, obviously. Um, but he's driving a Chevy, did say that that was happening there all weekend and that it, anyone could have become unsettled in that spot. So beyond that, tough to say. Speculate away. Um, yeah, so I think, so we saw it on camera, and it was, so we're watching, we're there for the beginning of the Indy race, about 3 o'clock, 3.30, and I think the cars leave on the parade lap, the, the Indy cars, and we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. We're eating Swedish fish. We're eating Swedish fish and maybe some corn dogs. And um, and then someone said, like, shouldn't the race have started by now? What's going on? We started looking, I believe, on Twitter. And we found out, because we didn't see it live, that Mark Royce crashed the ZR1 right around turn two. So when we watched the video, you could see the ZR1 come around the corner. And in front of him was the uh, the two-seater uh, IndyCar where they give uh, a joyride hot yeah. laps in. And then a ways down in front of that were a bunch of white Camaros that I think were doing parade laps for VIPs. Mm-hmm. My wild speculation part is that, and I think Wes will sort of agree with me, he came around that corner and saw an Indy car. And that surprised him because he thought all the Indy cars were behind him, you know, in the in the parade. And um, he came around the corner, maybe, you know, kind of on the gas, these pace cars. I also said this, that pace cars are always go surprisingly fast. When you're at a race and you see the pace cars on TV, you're thinking, oh, they're doing 40, 50. But no, they're doing 80, you know, 90, 100 sometimes, you know, around these around these courses. So he's coming around the corner pretty quickly. I think he saw the IndyCar, surprised him, had a split second of, wait a minute, what's IndyCar doing in front of me? They shall be behind me. Maybe let off the gas, maybe right on that bump and a little bit of oversteer. I still posit that if trash control was on, that probably shouldn't have happened. But uh, 
put into the wall, passenger side airbag went off. Uh, the the driver side didn't for whatever reason, but and I, I just fell back. So I feel like it's the kind of thing that could totally happen to anyone. Oh, I I You're was nervous. Saying, I was saying it. yesterday. That's why I would never drive a pace car. Right. If someone was like, "Hey, it's Rory, only, do you want to drive a pace lose, car?" Lose. I would say no. There's you no only way. Lose. Yeah, you, nobody knows. Nobody can see you. Nobody knows who you are. Nobody cares. Yeah, until you mess up. Right. It's right. Like, if you don't mess up, it's a zero. I remember. If you do mess up, you're at negative fifty. I was whatever. At, I was at the Indy 500. I don't know, three or four years ago, and Jim Harbaugh was the driver. Uh, and he, it was right before. It was after he was at San Francisco. And before he, I think he got some kind of a college job. I have not heard anything uh, since about his coaching career. After he, I, you know, he's in a college somewhere, but I don't know if they have a football program it's or what. They, it's one of the D threes or something. No, like he that, might be I'm a special sure. teams coach at Ohio State. It's something like oh, that. Oh God! Yeah. Just saying that. That's <laughs> something good. like that. But anyway, wow. um, I, I kind of lost track of his career after that. But I do remember him sweating and rubbing his palms on his hands. And I, I walked up and I was like, Coach, are you going to be okay? And he was like, No. I'm super nervous, dude. He was like, No, they picked the wrong guy for this. He's like, Do you think we? Do you think there's time to like switch out of it? Oh, my God. Really? And I was like, You'll be fine. You, you've practiced this. And he's like, I'm, What I'm really worried about is driving past the pit entrance. So, like, going around the track. I mean, really, again. really yeah. it's kind of like you've only got one, one thing to do. Yeah. And it's to hit that entrance. Yeah. And I could see just absolutely oh my God. Just <laughs> going around and that would be so hilarious. Stewing yeah. over so hilarious. all like, of the oh, all oh, of the possibilities. All the cars well, really, off behind and you. And like, oh shit, I missed it's it. It's almost it's almost even worse because there's only one thing to screw up yeah. and one thing And it's could, not and your one, thing. And one result that could happen, which is that you have to take a lap of shame yeah. around the right? Indianapolis yeah. yeah. with 300,000 people <laughs> yeah. and everybody on TV like, watching no, you. There are no like possibilities. Yeah. There's only one. So we oh. should, we should look in to see, uh, we get the research department, figure out, uh, where, where he is and maybe we can follow up with him and, and do a little interview on the, um, uh, Harbaugh we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of figure it. Like I said, if we can get where a where are they, little, where are they now? Little, where are they now? Yeah. What happened to that guy? Yeah. Um, real quick lap of shame thing. Rory, didn't you kind of have to do a lap of shame at Groton? When oh yeah. We were supposed no, to you, don't, you don't get to do a lap of shame. If I you don't have any gas. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's the other issue. This was in practice. though. remember he was supposed to go right back around to start practice again. And he like, Oh, I'm just going to do a tour of the whole, I'm going to do a tour of the whole track. Oh yeah. No, you're right. That's that not around the gas. I, uh, we did it like a, we're doing, uh, exercises where you go through you snuck the, in some uh, extra practice time, yes. right? well actually I consciously always the competitive like, edge when I realized yeah, yeah. that I when I realized yeah. that I missed it I was like well fuck it I'm just gonna drive around cause I anyway so we we were doing uh, a slalom exercise yeah. and then you were supposed to like Go through turn one. Oh, turn that was two, you. Yeah, <laughs> and then come off the track. I remember. I just heard, and line back up. I just heard them say like Something on the radio because I was because I was instructing. I, yeah. All we hear is just like we just kind of hear like someone's like driving around the track. Yeah, for some reason. It's like, so oh, when I'm I an idiot when I, I drove the auto week guy, I think it's the auto week guy. <laughs> when I drove past the exit track exit, um, I could have just stopped and backed up and like gone because there was nobody else in the track. Obviously, yeah. it was closed, um, and I could have gone back but i was like well i've never seen this track before so i'm gonna go take a laugh and see what it looks like so um anyway that was embarrassing that different i think probably less embarrassing than the indy 500 situation yes no cameras uh yeah, yeah no one, i mean no one cared there was no a little bit less than three hundred thousand people there at graden no. i mean maybe like 
250,000 or or something like that. Um, But anyway, great weekend of racing overall. Um, Weather was good. Weather was awesome. Rained a little bit in the morning on Sunday. Cleared up. Um, Honda was dominant. I think Mm. they were like the first five places on Saturday. Mm. Won the race on Tuesday. Will Power was second. Uh, Sunday, man. uh, Sunday, yeah, Yeah. Sunday. Um, So tough weekend for Chevy at the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix. Uh, That. Seems like it happens. Yeah, I got. Oh, I got a what's it called? I got um, Royce's quote here too. Sorry. Uh, I want to thank you all for your well wishes today, Royce. Wrote, I am okay. I have driven the course many, many, many times. Three many's. Uh, I have not. Pa- I have paced this race in the wet, cold, hot, and calm on Z06s, Grand Sports, and other things. Uh, another quote. Uh, it's never a casual thing for me, but an honor to be asked. I let down my friends, my family, IndyCar, our city, and my company. No. Sorry does not describe it. I want to thank our engineers for providing me the safety I know is best in the world. Now, the other funny thing, though, was that... Um, That's crazy. You shouldn't feel that bad about it. No, he, he shouldn't. He no, def- he definitely I wouldn't should. feel that bad about it, and I feel bad about everything. Uh, one of the uh, one of these uh, analyst guys, though, tweeted, did you see this? Uh-huh. Uh the exposure that Chevy and its Corvette brand got yesterday due to the ZR1 pace car crash was more than 70 times worth the exposure it got during Detroit GP's race number one Saturday uh, per Apex Marketing Group. Wow. So 70 Good times. Apex. It generated, and I don't know how they got this, it generated $3.47 million in exposure as of this AM. Wow. So wow. do that Wait, more. At least he hit one Apex. Oh. Apex Marketing Group. Wow. That, wow. Yeah, I don't know, Wesley. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you shouldn't feel that bad about it. Good um, stuff, though. If Cadillac you... did win the uh, IMSA race, mm. and the Camaros, I think, were one, two, three in the Trans Am race. So the IMSA is usually my favorite of the weekend. I did not get to see it this year. Super good. Those Cadillacs yeah. sound so good. Yeah. Oh my god, so good. Yeah. Yes, big six point two liter. That's where race cars should sound. But anyway, mm. um, great weekend of racing. Um, stadium super trucks were good until that guy flipped over, uh, and everybody was really afraid for him. But he ended up being okay, I think. Um, but uh, I did, and I will cover it quickly because we were like at the top of this. We we're like, we're not going to spend the whole time talking about Belle Isle. And I think right, we're, we're like only 30, 30 minutes in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we did talk to uh, Zach Brown. Uh, Robin and I sat down with him, like I said, in uh, Ray Hall's uh, amazing trailer. Um, and thanks to those guys, uh, especially Tom Knox um, from Ray Hall, uh, who gave us a ride over cause we went to the wrong place. He gave us a ride in the mm-hmm. uh, go-kart, uh, you got go- golf cart, golf cart, golf cart. Yeah. yeah. Go cart would be yeah, even be sweet. sweet. Uh, and then he also got a banana, uh, for the baby who looked hungry. Um, oh, she loves bananas. Yeah. Nice. Uh, super good guy. Uh, took great care of us and, uh, really, really helped us out. Um, getting this interview together uh also again dave from slot mods so zach brown we we sat down um for those that don't know zach brown ceo of mclaren yep sat down with zach brown. sat down with zach brown not the uh i think there's a zach brown band it's like a, one of those crappy uh, country music like a half country half rock bands mm-hmm. um like kind of a what, like stadium country yeah or like a like a sandal sandal flip like a country. hank williams the third redux you know Hank Williams three, Hank three, I guess you say. Uh, anyway, Zach Brown. Anyway, Zach Brown, uh, really uh, very open about a McLaren, uh, kind of where they are, how he got uh, to where he is as the CEO. Um, talked a lot about IndyCar um, because he kind of got trapped into talking about IndyCar. Yeah, Robin's first question was, uh, "So, what are you doing in Detroit, or what brings you to Detroit?" And he he 
answered that you know they're they're evaluating the possibility of an IndyCar program. I think it is a little bit further along than that. Um, to be honest, reading between the lines, you know, we talked about uh, Fernando Alonso, his future, uh, where he's going to be after 2019. I believe his contract expires then. And it sounds like they want to give him opportunities to continue racing under the McLaren banner, uh, whether that's in sports cars or Indy cars. Um, this IndyCar program might be an opportunity to, to do that for him. But I, I heard, uh, you know, we had another report that McLaren was as far along as talking about setting up hospitality on site at um, IndyCar events. So, wow. Um, that seems like when you're trying to figure out who the hot dog vendor is, that seems like you're probably a little bit further along than exploration. Now and it was a good hot dog vendor. Yeah. Um, sorry for being, um, stupid here. Yeah. Are they talking about, are they going to run their own engine or are they going to no. run one of the, no, just, they're going to run a McLaren team with one of the Chevy yep. or Honda engines. Yeah. Probably Honda because yeah, probably Honda. Yeah, um, he, Honda. he did say they were, they were open to either Chevy or Honda. Um, I think it's probably going to be Honda. It would be um, weird, right, if they yeah. had the Honda deal and then. But I mean, other other, you know, obviously Penske does that, um, mm. and they have a long history with Honda. Well, so. Yeah, except for the recent. Y- well, they, they they have a. I mean, that's still history. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, they. Uh, it seems like that's that's pretty far along. He did speak with a lot of kind of lucidity and um, showed an incredible understanding of what's going on in endurance racing. I think. Top level endurance racing is a possibility for them. Um, certainly, uh, a 720s program in IMSA and uh, in in WEC is a strong possibility. Um, so it it was amazing talking to him. You know, with as much work as as McLaren is putting into kind of reviving their Formula One effort, um, he had a lot to say about just about every race series. Um, in the world right now, every major race series. He was very complimentary of IMSA. Um, and again, this this transcript is on the website now, but I think that that conversation plus, again, some of the other stuff we heard uh, this weekend leads me to believe that this IndyCar thing is happening with McLaren, um, mm. it, it, or it's, it's very, very close, and, which would be awesome. Awesome for the sport. Yeah. Awesome for McLaren. You know, he, he said... Uh, he he named six criteria or five criteria that a um, that a program would have to meet to be considered for McLaren, and, and it sounded like IndyCar hit all of them. They have great history there. They've uh, they've won it uh, Indianapolis at the mm-hmm. Indy 500, and it, you know it's a great opportunity for them to get in front of their biggest market, which is is still the U.S. So yeah, American exposure has got to be high on that list because um, when you go further down the car enthusiast ladder, less people have heard of McLaren than I think you would you would imagine. So yeah, that it was cool to cool to have that opportunity to talk. It will be awesome watching an orange McLaren in IndyCar if that if that does come to pass, which I think it probably will. Probably with Fernando at the helm. Well, we'll we'll see. I think it, it may be a situation where he runs select races next year. Uh, and then makes a decision about his Formula One future, uh, and then either you know goes to uh, to sports cars or goes to IndyCar after his contract expires. I mean, he's he's not getting any younger, obviously, and he, you know, I think I think part of the reason why he came to Indy, part of the reason why he's doing Lamar is um, is looking to fill up his golden years. Is, well, he's trying to fill up his you know his shore up his legacy as a as an F one driver, and I think the the odds of him getting into a seat in F1 
you know, with McLaren or anybody else that allows him to compete for a championship. I mean, I don't, I don't it's think it's pretty slim. Yeah. Pretty slim at this point, especially, you know, getting into a team, you know, they wouldn't like, he would probably only be a one year or yeah. two year. And most teams at this point are looking for young guns yep. that can come in, learn the car, learn the team. And then when the likes of Vettel and Hamilton retire can take over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think it would be great to see him. I mean, it's great to see him at Le Mans. It was great to see him at the 500, and I think it would be cool to have him in a full, full year of IndyCar. And I think I think we will eventually. But but again, cool cool to have that kind of opportunity. Thanks again to Dave for for that, and and it'll be really really good for racing. I think overall when when that yeah, I, mean, I think up. I think just drivers going across to other other forms of motorsport is good for for any kind of motorsport. You know, whether it's, um, you know, F1 drivers in Le Mans or IndyCar or... Or F1 drivers in uh, in uh, NASCAR trucks. Or NASCAR trucks. Or, or a rally car. Rally, yeah. Or a rally. Yeah, yeah that's right. A rally oh, car like time. a rally. Yeah. You know, when you said, uh, you know, race cars, the sound of race cars, you know, I was listening to a bunch of rally cars out in the woods in northern Pennsylvania this weekend. Uh-huh. It was great. Why were you there? Um, so we have recently partnered with the American Rally Association uh-huh. to get um, their coverage up on AutoWeek.com uh-huh. this year. So I was out there just to go out and you know kind of introduce myself and talk about it to competitors and people, see if anyone had any questions, but also just to spectator rally. I haven't gotten to spectator rally. And well, because you're usually driving. Oh, I'm wait, usually you, driving. So you weren't driving this one. I thought yeah, you I were. wasn't driving. Oh. Um, you know, and were you itching? Were you mad that you weren't driving? No, actually, it's a lot of fun. I've forgotten how much fun it is to kind of just chase down the rally cars and run through the woods and find good spots to spectate. Mm. And and it's still one of my favorite things when you when you go out in the woods and you're standing on like this bank behind a tree somewhere, and all of a sudden you can hear the, the blow off and the and the um, the Annie lag, and you can hear them coming through the mountains and it ricochets off the hills and stuff, and then they just come absolutely just ripping past (laughs) um spraying you with rocks and all sorts of other fun things but you know it's really cool to see there's a privateer named barry mckenna in his own fiesta uh it was a a fiesta s2000 an actual m sport car that has an old wrc engine in it and he was leading the rally um by i think around 10 seconds when he crashed and no, that's ouch. happened to him before, right? And that happened in the last rally. Yeah, too, I think so. But it's cool to see a privateer, you know, legitimately outrunning the Subaru factory team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, he hit the the jump, and it's a big jump. He he hit it at a hundred. I heard one hundred and eight miles an hour, Jesus. which is pretty sweet. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, lo- it's just amazing to watch the cars go through the woods. The fact that he's up by 10 seconds and still going hard, like that's what's awesome about it. Right. That's well, awesome. he had to. I mean, it was great to see that kind of competition. You know, when, when David Higgins is pushed and really needs to like actually fight for time to get back and put that kind of pressure on another driver, like that's, that's a rare thing. Uh, since at least since Ken Block left the series and well, and Travis Pastrana too. I mean, he's stupid fast too in those mm. cars. Um, but it's great to see. It was great to see another uh, car out there, especially the Fiesta. And it was also, you know, a lot of really cool regional competitors. I mean, there was a couple guys in a Honda CRX that were absolutely flying. Sweet. Um, you know, lots of Subarus, um, a few Volkswagens. 
Um, and a, even a couple Porsche 944s ripping around out there, which is a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a good time. Um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a different kind of event cause you get to go way out in the, these beautiful places like, uh, Wellsboro, Pennsylvania and the Susquehanna, uh, forest. And, um, you get to see these neat places and then you get to watch these cars just absolutely fly through them. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of a, one series, uh, of two that we are currently, you know, I guess what do you, a media partnership, uh, with these guys trying to kind of support, uh, series that are, that are, uh, accessible, uh, both from a spectating standpoint and from a participation standpoint. The other one's grid life, um, which is tomorrow. Tomorrow, it's yeah. Tomorrow. You're going out to uh, South Ginger Haven. Man. South Haven, Gingerman. Yeah. Uh, going out to the Gingerman Raceway. Um, but yeah, trying to trying to again um, bring some attention to and, and kind of uh, help grow these opportunities where people can go participate in in track time time attack uh, and and also rally. There's another series uh, on the docket where we've entered the exploratory phrase, uh, phase of uh, potentially adding a third series to our our media partnership. It's is not it Formula One. It's we Formula can talk One. Isn't it? well, Formula One. I mean, I mean, they need all the help they can yeah. get, but I'm not really sure. It's uh, not. It, you know, it's really fits our criteria. We can't talk about it yet. There are six criteria um, that have to be met for Auto Week to consider they, being. A they media. have to be yet, and they have yet to be determined. Yeah, they, <laughs> they have to contact us and ask about it, uh, or we contact them and ask. That's one. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But no, we, we're kind of trying something new there uh, i think it's cool to be associated with those with those guys and uh, ara is a great product from every what everybody says uh both from a spectator standpoint and, and from a series to be involved with and grid life too seems awesome yeah i mean it's i'm i'm looking forward i mean i went to their first one in mid ohio um and i'm looking forward to to seeing not only the cars and teams i saw last time but i mean this is this is their big festival so this is where they've got the track action going on in kind of the center and then outside of that, at least this is my current understanding, is a music festival. So it's kind of a whole, whole. Uh, I mean, it's Thursday to Sunday. It sells um, out right away. Uh, Tons of people yeah. show up. Yeah. Um, and really some cool cars. Um, Crazy cars. Yeah. I mean, like when I, when I heard that they were breaking track, you know, quote unquote track records, um, I was like, all right, well, that's probably just some like weird internal thing, you know, track record for what, right? you know? Um, but then when I started looking at some of the cars, I mean, it's like a seven, 800 horsepower front wheel drive Integra with enough, you know, with wings that bigger than this table. And they, it, it was on par with, um, with an SCCA, uh, sports car, top level sports car. So the next thing up at mid Ohio would have been an open wheel car. Are they beating my Mustangs 147? Because I don't know how that's I'm, possible. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they're gonna smoke that. Yeah. Well, I saw. <laughs> I actually watched. So I was at Gingerman uh, what two weeks ago, and um, we had a I had my my 14 Mustang out there, and uh, felt great. Brakes felt great. Everything felt great. You got uh, rid of the squish. Got rid of the squish by beating on it with a hammer basically well you got get that air out right and, and rory helped yeah you um but out the bubbles my pro t- well the first thing is uh gtr uh kirk bell a friend another journalist had a gtr out there uh dropped like a 143 in his first session and then was down to like 140 by the end of the day or something like that so well ahead of me but pro tip for ginger man if you look up the weather in south haven 
it'll give you nice lakeside, Mich- Lake Michigan weather. Oh. Really, it's inland and it's hot. The weekend I was out there, I looked at the weather. In Detroit, it was like 97. I was like, holy shit. South Haven, 78 and breezy. I was like, ooh, nice. Memorial Day, 78 and breezy. I get there. It was 95. Yeah. You know, five miles in from the lake. It's, it was, uh, the weather there it is. It was 95. It's either raining and just extremely cold yeah. when I'm there or it's thick. Unbelievable. It was Jake, hot and I'm thick. looking up my uh, uh, Gingerman lap times. Yeah. One, and I just Jake want, Lingman, 147. Uh, I'm seeing a there? Pontiac Solstice at 142. Maybe. Solstice is a good car. Was it the yeah. GXP? Was it the GXP? It's the GXP. Okay. It's was, the it, GXP. was it V8 converted? Because <laughs> all right, <laughs> it's probably that guy who's at the track could be, day. Could yeah. be that car. That was a cool car. Yeah, those good cars. Pontiac built its yeah. best cars in its last like three years of yep. being alive. I almost turned it around. You know who also built some good cars? Hmm. Uh, Von Gitten. Oh, he does. Oh wow, that's did a, we did a, we talk to him recently? Uh, we did. Uh, oh, I did. That was a great transition. Thank you, Vaughn. Let's roll that interview with Vaughn Gittin, uh, future Empire Hill Climb competitor. <laughs> All right, we're here with uh, Vaughn Gittin Jr. in our Detroit podcast office for the uh, podcast, Auto Week podcast. We're here with uh, Mike Prison and Jimmy Pelizari. I am Jake Lingaman. Vaughn, how you doing, man? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. Uh, very happy to be in beautiful Detroit, Michigan. Nice, wonderful day out here. It's a good time of the year for it, unlike the uh, Detroit Auto Show, which is uh, a little crappier, colder, snowier. Yeah, very cold. So what are you doing here uh, in Detroit? Uh, Just hanging out with my friends at Ford. Um, Some meetings. We have some really cool uh, projects going on um, that we are going over. I was at the design studio yesterday working Mm -hmm. on a few things with some of the design team. And... um, uh, you know, I like to come in every every few months and meet with everyone, catch up what's going on. It helps me kind of strategize the things we're doing and support everything as well. And uh, I'm heading here shortly to the DDC, the Dearborn Development Center, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go give some rides in uh, one of my drift cars to uh, some executives uh, from both Ford and Google. That should definitely be fun. I'm sure they will enjoy it. Uh, there's lots of places out there to do stuff like drifting, so that should be great. Um, so tell us a little bit, uh, what's new with uh, RTR? I was looking, I saw the Spec 1, Spec 2. There's a new Spec 3 coming out, correct? Yep. Yep. It, yep. We, um, you know, we've launched our 2018 or 2019 model years. Um, and, you know, very similar to our previous packages as far as our approach, right? We have our Spec 1, which is kind of the entry-level you know, takes our, uh, you know, modern aggressive styling, lowers the car a little bit, exhaust is optional, and just, you know, takes the amazing new 2018 Mustang uh, and allows you to get it a little bit more aggressive. And, you know, we like to say it's available to all, not for everyone. You know, we have a very unique style. And uh, the Spec 2 takes us, basically the Spec 1 gets a little bit more of the aero and appearance bits um, for performance calibration, which maintains all the warranty and everything, mm. and then fully adjustable suspension. So that car off the showroom comes with a suspension that has, you know, can have the basic, you know, factory understeer balance, although we take mm-hmm. a little bit of understeer out of that, that setup, uh, then a very neutral balance for, you know, c- carving the roads or, you know, hitting, uh, you know, hitting the track, local track days, mm-hmm. and then also an oversteer balance for, you know, the unadulterated good times that I thoroughly enjoy, which is driving sideways. Um, so, you know, it's very adjustable for for the driver. And then the Spec 3 uh, is the Spec 2 basically plus the supercharger, the Ford Performance supercharger, 700 horsepower, three-year, 36,000-mile warranty. 
and uh, a lot of smiles. Yeah, that's nice. We actually just had, the, we got a 2018 uh, for a three-month loan here at Auto Week, and we just took it to a track day at Groton, uh, and Jimmy had his way with it for a while. Jim. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. It was, uh, I was really impressed. I hadn't driven um, a Mustang in probably a few years and went out and, I mean, just the, the available power on tap and how it just went through the turns, braked great consistently. Um, great turn in and for like not a small car it's surprisingly nimble nimble. do you know which car it was uh we have the it's a gt performance pack one um so with the 460 horsepower with a couple of the track bits on there uh the the upgraded brakes yep the upgraded brakes um and the dampers and the the suspension is the the magnet ride Yeah. yeah yeah It was pretty cool. And when you talk about like the the different setups, though, like you were saying, you can change the setup to go from like you know your factory understeer to a neutral balance, to like a drift setup. What does that like? What does that mean? Sure. So we have um, adjustable dampers and adjustable sway bars on the car. So just by mainly the bars will just change the balance of the car. So we basically look at it as like the the bars control the balance and then the dampers will allow you as a driver to fine tune. So we know where that goes for, you know, depending on the tires, the, the end user ends up using, right? Ours come with the Nitto NT555 G2s. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the user changes them, there's going to vary, but we know our setups. So when you buy an RTR, you get some direction on where to go. Hey, if you're going to do this, do that. Mm. You know, it takes the guesswork out and then you, you know, use the dampers to fine tune it, right? If you're at a certain track and you're getting a little bit of understeer or, you know, you can soften the front a bit and let that grip get down or, you know, vice versa. So, um, you know, I wanted to build a driver's car, you know, something that was very aggressive, you know, and, and looks, you know, something that has just a different feel from what we all are used to feeling in, in the Mustang world. And that was my whole vision behind starting RTR in 2010. And, and then, you know, as far as the, the performance side, like when I have a car, I want to be able to do everything. Like not everyone can have multiple vehicles to do things. And the Mustang is so diverse and capable. You can go drag racing, you can go cruising, you know, with your chick, you can go drifting and you can go, you know, drive aggressively and or and or you know have fun on the track like it's all there and the rtr just allows that to be dialed into exactly what you want it to be vaughn you uh you talk about the nimbleness of that uh, the mustang you, you made that raptor look pretty nimble out at the nurburgring yeah I mean, how do you guys how did you guys pull that off and what kind of setup did you have to do to make that work yeah that was uh pretty nuts so <laughs> probably one of the sketchiest things i've ever done to be honest. <laughs> um so we were out there to shoot my uh, drift car at the ring and we had the ring for two days right we rented the ring Sweet. for two days to That's do the cheap. shoot that is not cheap <laughs> and it decided to rain both days and i'm like we're in germany i got a full production crew i have a fully prepped drift car and it's just going to be lame not only unenjoyable for me to drive it but unenjoyable for the whole reason we're here is to share this aggressive attack of the ring and mm-hmm. a badass car you know and um so uh I didn't want to do it wet. Like it was my, it was a dream I've been dreaming of for a long time. And I'm like, man, I'm not going to go do this in the wet. Like it's just going to be a letdown for everyone. So one of the guys from, uh, for Germany, Fabio was there and he's a super cool guy. And I'm like, is there a Raptor in Germany? Can we get a Raptor? So there wasn't like any Ford Raptors. There was a dealer who owned a Raptor. That had to be at a show the next day. He's the only so raptor he's a brave, in Germany. He's a brave dealer. <laughs> yeah, but he was cool. I had to sign my name on it if something happened. 
because um, it wasn't Ford's vehicle, but I was confident enough that I wasn't going to destroy the thing. And so, yeah, so we went for it. Um, and, you know, I'm using the, so the Raptor, the power, right? Everyone is hating. You know, some people hate on the EcoBoost V6. Like, oh, it needs a V8. Uh, no, it doesn't. No, yeah. 510 torque. Come on. It's it's obnoxious. I've yeah. driven it at Johnson Valley, through all the terrains, and then the ring. Uh, but anyway, so, you know, I get the trash control disconnected, mm-hmm. right? Turn the nannies off. And um, I go and I flick it in for the first time. Like, let's see what happens here. <laughs> and it's like the initial flick was like, uh-oh. But as soon as it set, it's just like so easy, oh. right? So I'm, you know, banging the paddles, right, in drift. <laughs> bop, bop, and um, it just worked really well. You know, I'm using the foot brake. So kicking the foot brake on and off to get it, you know, to get it to work, to nice. get it to initiate and such. And, uh, yeah, we just did full attack on a, it, and it was a blast. Is that a thing you're going to put in your drift car, a foot brake? Is that going to be the instant <laughs> no, of the big handbrake? No, I'm fine, I'm like fine giant, with the handbrake, uh, yeah. The foot brake was actually <laughs> weird because, you know, like, my, my hands are just used to working together. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it was weird to get the foot going, but I guess, you know, I have a little bit of hand-eye coordination. It worked out. Was that your first trip down there to the to the ring? I, I mean, I've been to the ring once um, and just did, like, a little rental, like, uh, a little, you know, rented a car and did, like, yeah, 10 yeah. or 11 laps, mm-hmm. but... But that day, this was a few years ago, um, and I was like, I have to come back and do this. And, like, I just kept pounding and pounding, like, let's do this project, let's do this project. And then we were uh, we were able to make it happen. So um, it was a really cool experience. Uh, it's funny because there was a couple offs. Sure, of course. That we uh, – <laughs> that were uh, – on accident, oh. and we and we tried, uh, and but the ring was not down with letting us put those on because I mm. guess people don't go don't off on the Nurburgring. ring. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, this but uh, Germany people did not go off in the. Yeah, but it was it was cool, and it's just an epic track, and um, we're going back in July. Sweet. Yeah, with the with the car. I was gonna say you're gonna have to go back now with the Mustang. I have not, to. Yeah. I I, got, I will not be I will not feel complete uh, unless uh, unless that happens. So. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a, a really epic experience, super sketchy. It was wet, slick, you know, tossing a, that truck is, you know, it's a big truck. It's a Ford Raptor, Yes, but it's actually really light, you know, the aluminum body and the power. And it just, it was really impressive. I think all of us that were there, you know, I, I roll with a lot of gearheads that are on the production team and mm-hmm. stuff. And everybody was just shocked with how this yeah. thing works. Uh, so, so you talked about like the hand-eye coordination, you know, and how it transferred from the car to the truck and stuff. One of the things I think is so cool about drifting is that it's a relatively accessible form of motorsport. And, like, how did you get into it, and how did you develop those kinds of skills? Yeah, it's, um, for me, I've been doing this about 15 years. And when I started, I guess, drifting, I didn't really know what it was. Um, I used to, I had a uh, 240SX when I was 18, long story short, buddy of mine crashed it. I bought it, sat in my parents' driveway while I waited to fix it for like two years. I finally fixed it. And I used to just go play around in industrial parks. I was always a gearhead. And I used to talk my dad into taking me out in his hot rods and doing burnouts and donuts. So like I had a rear wheel drive car. I was 18 years old. What else am I going to go do? So I went to industrial parks and parking lots and just kind of slid around, did donuts and just had fun. Yeah. And then um, as I was like looking up parts for that car, I just kept coming across drifting because it was a Sylvia in Japan. Right. Right. And then um, so I was like, oh, my gosh, this sport where you show, you know, I was a big skater. I raced motocross. So just sport where you show your style and personality behind the wheel of a car. Like 
I'm in. So I started going out to some organized events and it was just like the culture, the style, the people, the camaraderie. Like I'm home. I'm yeah. Home. I fell in yeah. love with it. And it was right <laughs> around that time that, you know, this was 2002, 2003 when drifting was just starting to come to us. There was a scene in California and I started in English town, New Jersey at these events called uh, club loose or DG trials. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, so basically, you know, just started going to those events. I'd leave work early. I would drive my 240 with a bunch of tires in the back, like three hours, like leaned up on my steering wheel and um, just fell in love with it and chased it. And in 2004, Formula Drift started. So I was on that first wave, right? Like literally the first time I pulled a handbrake was 2004 Formula Drift Road Atlanta. You know what I mean? So this is how like trial by fire yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> full trial by fire but the cool thing about being at that level is that we all pushed ourselves so quickly yeah and then obviously 2005 jumped in the mustang and, and never looked back mm. as far as accessibility it's amazing now because it's so easy to get a drift car there's people selling parts for them and you can have a nice fun drift car you know if you wanted to for three grand um or you can go buy new cars you know and have fun for 50 yeah. grand. Yeah. But you can also have a sweet car for the street, drive to the track, drive it mm -hmm. home, you know, and, and that's one of the amazing things about the Mustang, even in its, its stock yeah. form. Um, but you know, all these events popping up all over the world that people can, can go to, and it's extremely accessible and affordable and you can ask questions and people will teach you, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. I think that's one of the coolest things about like some of those forms of motorsport, you know, they're a little more grassroots, you know, is like the environment and everyone just gets in and, and kind of helps each other you know everyone wants to see everybody else succeed and i kind of get that i don't drift but i get the feeling that the people i do drift you know they kind of have that same mentality it's just like skating <clears throat> you know it's like at the you know competitive professional motorsports are competitive professional motorsports mm -hmm. competitions competition sure. but to its core it's people going out and having a good time in their car showing their style and personality through their car it's a hot it's the new hot rodders i mean everyone's building these cars doing mm -hmm. these wild frankenstein builds doing what they can to make them work for them, look the way they want them to look. And, um, you know, everyone's supporting each other, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. dude, that was sick. You did that. You know, it's like a very tight, tight crew that is just really cool to, to cool to be a part of. And it's like, I'm still, I was just at Hyperfest this past weekend, which is a really cool event. Um, you know, it, it ranks up there with, with the grid lifes. Sure. And um, I was just amazed at the movement like mm. I, I very rarely, I'm, I'm so like, go, go, go. And I go to these events a lot, but I very rarely like sit back and look and I'm like, there's like 70 guys here competing with their cars that have all wrenched. I mean, just the, the industry that's been built around drifting and parts and wheels and suspension. And it's just, it's, it's really incredible. And it's just growing, growing, growing. What cool. was it like then, you know, 15 years ago when you went out there? Was it just six, six, ten guys looking around like, oh, what, you know, how is this going to work? <laughs> it it, it kind of was, yeah. Um, and it was like, I remember like trying to find places to do it. Sure. Like the tracks were like, you want to do what? And now like they're begging for us to come because we bring crowds, spectators, more spectators come to, you know, drift events than a lot of like the major mm -hmm. road racing. I mean, I love road racing. I respect it. Um, but, you know. It, the current generation's attention span and everything, you know, drifting is just built for it from a spectator standpoint and even, you know, driver standpoint. It's just, it's a blast. When, how are you going to get it to Belle Isle? We got to get it out here. On We've been Isle. trying for years. <laughs> We've talked, we went, I've scouted it. I've got the plan of where to do it. We've, I've talked to formula drift about it. 
Um, I'd love to see it. Maybe we just do our own. Maybe we just do an auto week, you know, drifting exhibition, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, we, can, or, uh, we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah. we can definitely yeah. talk about that. You know, when you're talking about your uh, the old days when you're kind of driving with your tires all jammed in your car, it almost makes me think of like the the bands when they're first starting out. You know, they're in the van, they're all going from place to place, and they're all jammed up in there, and then things get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, and then you kind of have, and then you, now you got a truck that comes with you, and you got a, a semi, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's still wild to me. Um, in just seeing what it's all grown to, you know, I've just I'm not surprised by it because I know how hard we've worked to achieve it. But when I show up to the track, the team set up the hauler, you know, my race car, Chelsea's race car sitting out there. You know, now we have the fun haver tour that we go with, which is a thing we're doing for performance to give people really cool experience at events. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow, you know, this. The, yeah. I remember that. You know, right, I remember yeah. trail. You know, leaving work early. Uh, to go into that first Formula Drift in Atlanta, trailing my open trailer, you know, my car on the back. I remember my car <laughs> fell off the trailer when I oh got God. to Road Atlanta, you know. So it's like, but you know, that's 15 years ago, and it's like it seems like it was yesterday, to be honest. It's great. So any other uh, any other cars falling off the trailer stories? Uh, um, the, uh, crazy crazy times on the the RTR drift train. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, no cars. I mean, there's been some, some wild stuff, you know, we've, uh, you know, we're for early days where rock stars are race cars, man. We're, mm. you know, we're traveling, <laughs> having a good time, you know, a bunch of, you know, young 20 year olds that like to get down, you know, um, you know, everybody in, in drifting, you know, you have to be confident and, you know, you're tossing a machine around. So that, that bravado kind of followed us yeah. around in the early days of formula drift or, we're wild, like maybe not like Motley Crue level, but uh, <laughs> that's definitely, hard. That's hard to be. definitely, <laughs> definitely fun stuff. And I think um, it's 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 really amazing. And I think it, that spirit is still just in general, you know, with the sport. And that's what makes it yeah. so fun and unique and constantly changing. You know, people always ask, like, why how, why are you doing this for 15 years? I'm like, I think about it, I'm like, what else have I been doing for 15 years and it's just because it's constantly changing it's always new it's always challenging and the progression of the sport is obnoxious I mean we we have a nine second drift car right our Mustang is purpose-built it's a very much still a Mustang but Mm. suspension everything is built to go drifting It it would do nine second a quarter yeah and we still need more. I'm having meetings <laughs> yesterday about we need there needs more power. So how? Uh, so also just for some of our re- listeners that don't follow or know drifting too, like you're talking about throwing machinery around. Like what is your fastest? Is it the the turn and initiation point? Yeah. Like so, yeah. like what's the fastest you are initiating on um, a drift? Road Atlanta two weeks ago was 105. Holy. Yeah. So that's pretty uh, quick. Yeah. So <laughs> last year, last year our fastest entry was 101. So just to wow. show the progression, right? I mean, yeah. four miles an hour in, you know, uh, what is it? Not even a quarter mile entry. Yeah. You know what I mean? So these cars are just rocket chips. I mean, yeah. our car is on three wheels more than it is four just because the amount of grip and it's just hooked up. Just rock. Where on road? I was just at road Atlanta like two weeks ago. <laughs> sure. Where exactly in road Atlanta were you going to? It's the end of the back straight. Yeah. End of the back straight. Yeah. So we start like right at the crest of the hill yep. and we leave the line, accelerate as fast as we can. And we would enter um, probably about 100 feet before that rumble strip. Mm-hmm. So close to like the two marker probably on the braking. And then all the point. way down the hill? Yeah, so we enter, we enter, and then we come out of that turn and we pick up that apex. And we go all the way up the hill. And then just before the bridge, there's that little, uh, that loop mm-hmm. that goes back down. So then we go up and we enter the top side of that loop. 
and then come back down and then back oh, up the hill. Nice. Yeah. yeah. The tire manufacturers love you guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, the tires that we're running on, you know, a lot of people see drifting and they're like, oh, you know, super loose cars. Yeah, whatever. Anyone can do that. Like we're pulling well over a G. Like well, I think I saw 1.4 on data out coming out of turn one in Atlanta, 1.4 G with the tires spinning, you know. Wow. So we run the Nitto NTO5s. Um, we're running single-digit tire pressures. Mm. Um, the amount of grip <laughs> that we're generating going sideways is just obnoxious. Well, i got to believe even in the early days when you're trying to get tires for that type of a deal. I mean, you're trying to explain to these manufacturers what you need, and they're probably looking at you and like you're crazy. Well, yeah, we didn't even know. I mean, the progression has been grippy, grip, 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 sure. right? So before it wasn't like, man, Formula G 2004, I was in a uh, – 240SX with 350 horsepower, and I was, like, doing it, you know? Like, you know it, was, it was sick. And and um, so we really didn't know. It was just, like, make the car work. And now it's, like, every bit of forward bite, every bit of side bite that you can get out of the tire. So now we know. In fact, I'm leaving uh, to do to do some testing this week to just – it's constant progression now if you want to – you want to be at the top, which obviously we we want to be at. Yeah, I, I remember like a buddy of mine who who did um, who did rally in New Jersey. Uh, he uh, he got into drifting, and we were like talking about it. And I was like, oh, that must be easier with like the tires and stuff because you can just grab whatever tire you know because you're burning it up anyway. He's like, no, you're no idiot. You know, yeah. like no, we actually <laughs> need that grip. You know, like the best tire we can get. And it kind of that was kind of one of the first times that I actually started thinking about. You know, like the the actual performance behind a lot of this stuff. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, and the technology that that we have. Unfortunately, you know, it's been awesome working with Ford, right? All the light weighting and and you know, changing a lot of the metals. Our whole body now is carbon fiber, right? Very similar mm-hmm. to things that you're seeing happening in production. Yeah, where we we obviously are doing in the race cars, um, but you know, the technology, tire temp sensors, right? We have a temperature we like to leave the line at with our tires. We mm. are adjusting, you know, single quarter inch spacers on the wheels to get a little bit more or less side bite into the car. Like we're just on a knife edge and that's just what it takes. And the really cool thing about it at the professional level is like, it's such a diverse field. Yeah. You know, I can be on the line in a Ford Mustang against a Ferrari. Right. You know, or, (laughs) or, you know, a a GT86 or, you know, Frederick Osbo's in a grocery getter. Uh-huh. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. And, but, you know, they're making these things work and it's cool for the fans. It's cool for us, right? Because diversity, it's, it's a place where there's something for everyone. And it's really cool to be a part of a movement like that, that is still inspiring gearheads. You know, you go into the parking lot and you see the fans, um, you know, Mustang owners are coming and, and starting to adapt that style. You see everyone's, you know, garage creations and, and their pride and joys. And like, to me, that that's what it's about and it's it's super cool nice uh yeah well that sounds great vaughn thanks for coming out we really appreciate it anything else you want to get to um no i think uh you know we did talk about mustang rtr but i will mention um rtr is uh bringing out its f-150 at the end of the year i saw that at sema so okay now that's coming to production yep yeah we debuted at sema we're we're very different um the way our approach is and the testing and things that we do with vehicles so Sometimes we're a little, take a little bit longer to get things out to the public because, uh, you know, we're not a massive company, um, but we are, uh, you know, we take a lot of pride in, in the work that we do. So uh, we're doing some final uh, development, final testing, and we'll have our uh, F-150s out later this year, which we're excited about. Uh, obviously available for both EcoBoost and the 5 liter. We will also be 
offering a supercharged version. So very similar process to what we do with the Mustang. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, we are, we're also still further developing the muscle truck concept that we debuted at SEMA, which will uh, get to production uh, here at some point, probably next year. So yeah. like three three versions, like spec one, spec two, spec three, kind of like, like the Mustang? Yeah, it'll probably the F-150 itself will probably just be two, and then we'll have the muscle truck. And then uh, we also have our eyes on, on uh, perhaps a sport-style truck as well. Nice. Well, next time you're in Detroit, uh, you got to tell us how that uh, Mustang performed at the ring. I will for I sure. Mean, we, we need to hear that story. Well, we'll make sure you guys are, are involved in in that in some some capacity and get you guys that that content. But it's gonna it's gonna be a blast. And then a uh, Bellow Auto Week drift thing. Yeah, we we, we're, 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 we'll see what we can. You know. Also, just you know, I, <laughs> I live I live like a half mile from the island, so if we need like a staging area, okay, your house you know, late at night, you know, like, okay. we, we could figure something out. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, I'm I'm totally down to that. I think it'd be epic. I would love nothing more than to get uh, to make that happen. You know, and the big three are here, so. You know, we have all of those in the series as well, so we could do some, you know, some grudge match or something. Love it. Thanks, Vaughn, so much. All right. Thank you guys for having me, and uh, have fun. Uh, so that was a good interview. Hey. Oh, man, those RTR Mustangs. Uh, I want to get him up to the Empire Hill Climb, which is uh, an event that Auto Week is also, uh, what are we, the title sponsor? Title sponsor. Yeah, title sponsor. It's uh, up in northern Michigan on beautiful... Uh, Lake Michigan on the beach. It's in Empire. In Empire, Michigan. Yeah. That's correct. Hence um, the name. Yeah, yeah. I t- actually talked to uh, to Bob Rahal about it this weekend. He seemed uh, kind of excited about it. Really cool. September 15th up in Empire. Uh, it is a half mile uh, hill climb course. Uh, we're looking for people to come up and set records. We're looking for people to come up and drink beers in the woods with us, uh, which is what we'll be doing. Yep. Um, you know, one car that'd be really good for the Empire Hill climb. The RTR? Yeah, yeah absolutely. The RTR would yeah. drift the entire way up. Uh-huh. Or the Subaru BRZ. A Tanuki TS. suit. Yeah, Tanuki suit. The model. Tanuki suit model, yeah. Uh, Terror, uh, very, Terror very Squad. Furry. Terror Squad model. T- oh, I like that. Terror yeah. Squad. I think we're actually coming up on uh, the 25th anniversary or 20th anniversary of Big Pun's Capital Punishment. Yeah, uh, big, I did hear that. Uh, I did that. hear like a, a thing on All Things Considered about that on the radio. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, uh, they had so a big Terry one, Gross you know, was right? doing that? I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you want to talk the uh, Subaru BRZ TS? Is that what yes. You're talking about? Uh, yeah. So, so if you don't know what it is. Okay, so for 2018, uh, Subaru kind of freshened up the uh, the BRZ with this uh, TS package, which stands for Tuned by Subaru, or Tuned by STI, mm-hmm. Wesley, right? Tuned yep. by STI. Tune by attention here, you in? Subaru Technica Internacional. Internacional, yeah. Not sexually transmitted infection. Right, yes. It's a different thing. And I think STI Subaru was there first. They were there first, yeah. Because it used to be called STDs. But no, you, no, wait. It was called STI before STDs, I think. No, and I think it, it was STDs. No, it was because it was disease. Yeah. It was sexually transmitted disease. Yeah. And then they were like, well, it's not all diseases. Some of them are infections. And they, you know. So you think, because when I learned about it in like my high school, which is mid 90s, late 90s, mm-hmm. it was STDs. And they've changed it since then? Yeah, yeah it's, it's STI. STI. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, thought yeah. It, I thought STI was all Super okay. should have probably. Made more of a stink about that. I like listen. We've been using that. Man, for I got a while. the WRX STI. We've got, it's like, bad. We've got it's bad, we've man. got a, a whole bunch of cars with a badge that says STI on it. So yeah. if you could just not do but, that. Yeah. But I've got a theory. Uh-huh. Since mm. in Europe you can get an STD Ford, uh-huh. I think Ford might have lobbied to get that changed to the STI. They probably Smart. have more lobbying power. Smart. Yeah. 
But so, yeah, the Subaru uh, BRZ-TS, uh, we thought for a while it was going to be BRZ-STI, um, possibly the turbocharger or something, but that never came about. Instead, uh, this is what I call the grip package. Uh, it comes with uh, no extra power, but adds STI-tuned front and rear sax dampers and coil springs, uh, new draw stiffeners that improve steering response, 18-inch uh, wheels, and Michelin Pilot Sport tires. Did you mention um, that giant wing? Downforce. That was my lat. My, Oh. It also comes, oh. this is from uh, the mouth of Wesley Wren, it comes with an enormous manually adjustable carbon fiber spoiler and new front, rear, and side underbody spoilers. So if you're going down the highway, you can go for a low drag. It yeah. looks the biz. Then, it yeah. looks yeah. the biz when you see yeah. it. It and looks like a race you get car. Off, you get off the highway, you go full I, down. I still course. say uh, yeah. nothing in the U.S. makes people get out of the fucking passing lane like a Subaru with a big-ass wing. Really? The blue, the blue STI. But you can't see the wing. The blue STI yeah. WRX. People you can't see when that Jake comes around because he's drifting. Oh, That's yeah. true. I'm, I'm going oh, sideways. I'm, I'm yeah, parking breaking yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, the people with that blue, that World Rally blue STI, people used to get out of the way for that thing. And this this BRZ looks goddamn sporty. And you probably can't see the rear wing, uh, the, the wing from the rear view mirror because it sticks out like um, further than the outside of the car and about 12 inches, 14 inches off the back bumper. So, um, so I haven't driven this yet, but the, the appeal of the BRZ originally, and Jimmy owned one, so he's mm. driven it. Um, the appeal of the car was it, it was low grip intentionally. It was a car that you could drive sideways everywhere. I mean, I used to, we had that long termer, you drive it around in, in town and you can get sideways, like just commuting. It and it was very, super it was very fun. fun. Yeah. And uh, famously, uh, the Prius tires, they're the same tires yeah. as the Prius on yep. it. Um, so they, Got rid of that. Uh-huh. It's got wider, bigger tires, uh, more grip, better suspension, all that. So it is way more grippy. And I, I wrote in my review, like, it feels a little slower now. And I know yeah. it's not slower. And it might even be, it's definitely faster around a racetrack. But yeah. it feels a little bit slower because even around a roundabout, I found a nice little uh, section of roundabouts um, not too far from my house mm-hmm. the other day. And, uh, and even around a roundabout where you're kind of doing a hairpin where it should be with the old BRZ, you could just easily, slowly, gently just drift it right around the roundabout. This new one, you got to like Scandinavian flick. It. You got to jerk it one way, jerk it the other way, jerk it back, gas the wheel. Uh, maybe like slam the clutch. It, uh, it, I mean, I love the car. I, I still love it. And yeah. I, and I said this, I, I would daily drive it in Michigan, um, without a problem it, with big wing and all, um, it's a, it's a super fun car. I did say that I would get a set of the tires that came on the regular BRZ to have fun with it. And then maybe put on these 18 pilot pilot sports, um, for a track okay. day or something like that. And did you would, you would still need winter tires. So that's three sets of tires. Yeah. That's, that's good. Uh, that's what I had. Jimmy had three sets. Of three yeah. sets. Yeah. yeah. Well, race, I, race I, I ran the. They called them Jimmy three sets. Back <laughs> oh, Jimmy three, Jimmy three sets. sets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, no, yeah. I mean, like my my BRZ, I got it um, 2014, I think, and then um, yeah, I mean, I drove it on the same set of tires for 60,000 miles. I put I put a lot of miles on it in two years. And, uh, and I just wore them down until they were useless. But then mm-hmm. I also had a set of uh, snow tires and then a set of tires for the track. And the, the biggest thing was, was going to the track. Um, and you, swap those, you swap the tires on, you put with lighter wheels, and the whole car is totally different. So, I mean, and it's, it's, 
you know, fast through the turns. I mean, you get smoked as soon as you hit a straightaway. Right, right, Because right. trying to get above 110 in that car is a struggle. struggle. Exercise in futility. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I could definitely see where making those kinds of improvements, especially just the tires, um, really make a big difference. Um, but they're such great cars. You know, I mean, it sounds like this one is really made – Really, just for track rats. You know, auto. Um, I feel like autocross. It would kick ass in an autocross. Or an autocross. Like. Um, Wesley, was this the car that you uh, yes. got loose on the old Nurburgring? No, 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 no. That was oh. an 18 STI. Ah, uh, yes. Yep. Sexually transmitted infection. Got it. At the Nurburgring. Nurburgring STI. I caught an STI at the Nurburgring. Yeah. It was bad. He well, did not catch it, actually. He, uh, what if I just caught <laughs> lost, a lost an STI at the Nurburgring? I yeah. caught it before it hit the wall. We can all agree. Well, I well, think that's it good. stopped before. That's I mean, wait idea. a minute. I don't even actually think I've heard this story. Is there any video the confirmation of this? The idea is to this? catch it before No, no, no. You've heard the this story. You talked about it on the podcast. I remember. Was I on the podcast that day? Yeah. I remember when you drove when you went and drove those cars. That was the same trip as the record run trip, right? Yeah, that got rained out. Right, that got rained out. Yep. And you had uh, WRX STI on the ring. Yep. I did not hear this. Go ahead. Re, uh, retell it for me. It was raining, and I was in a turn, and I uh, a little too much a little too much car, a little too much tire. Not no, 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 you're right, right. You right the first time. I had a little too much car no. for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's nearly 310 horsepower. But you survived. way too much car for you. And the Nürburgring in the wet, <laughs> you go drive it. I would love to. I would, I would love, love to. to I, would, I would kill to. It's, yeah. it's very scary. That actually uh, dovetails well with our uh, Von Gidden uh, Nürburgring story that he, ju- that he just told, so... Had me in stitches. Yeah. 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 Uh, but so, so this one is 33 uh, 4 with destination 34 3 or something like that. Base BRZ is like 26 and the medium is like 29. So there's your, there's I heard your from, things. I heard can from, you get it without the wing? You can take the wing off. You could surely, yeah, you could surely yeah, take it off. Yeah. I, I heard yeah. from Daniel from Car and Driver that uh, it was shockingly fast at their lightning lap thing. I, I believe it because yeah. it is, it is. I mean, the thing was already great around a track, super fun. We we had we had our long term a couple of years ago. We did our best car of the year award or whatever we did um, at Michigan International Speedway on the road course. I think it's uh, ten best, or no, that wasn't car right. of the year. Car of the year, maybe. Yeah, no. Car of the year, truck of the year. Best no. car of the year. It was uh, God. What did we do? This is like four years ago. <laughs> anyway, uh, it was best of, week, best. best of the best. It was, it was twenty fifteen. So I remember we had the new Mustang. We yeah, had the Connor Alpha Daly was there. Was we, there? That's right. Connor, we had Alpha Four C. We had a C class and something else. But we also brought the BRZ McCann. up there. Not for. We had something for the car of the year. It was four cars and four trucks, I think, or four cars and four trucks slash SUVs. Yeah. I don't remember what the fourth one was. But thankfully, we don't do that anymore. But we had the BRZ up there just to, to, for transportation, and we kind of were like, eh, let's maybe toss it on the track to see how it was. And we all kind of agreed, like, maybe this should be the winner of best best yeah. of the best um, car of the year because, damn, that thing was so fun. This was the slippy one, not the grippy one. Yep. Um, one, of, one of my favorite things was, like, when I had the BRZ was because was Northern Michigan, everyone loves either Subarus or Audis. Mm-hmm. Makes um, sense. There's not a lot of Jeeps. Well, but if, if you're, like... A yeah. kid and you're you're like throwing a car around, you know. Yeah. Like they're just generally like either a piece of shit Subaru or a piece of shit Audi. Mm-hmm. Either one is about to explode. They're actually, but anyway, <laughs> uh, but uh, but putting them in the BRZ and having them drive it around and the you know just seeing them feel the rear end like play with the you know play with the rear end on that car, you know where. You know, like they're used to driving with a completely different style. And, you know, and, and there were a couple times where they would be like, whoa, are we about to like drift, man, or something like that? And it's like, no, 
No, I mean that's just what? that's just that's just the rear end settling, you know, like and then they start to play with the gas a little bit and start to play with the the steering. You know, which is really cool because you don't see that you don't get that same kind of response by driving like a WRX or like an, an Audi or something mm-hmm. like that. And even other rear wheel drive cars or front wheel drive cars, you don't get that same feeling as you do from a BRS or FRS or 86 or whatever. And that's really what, what made those cars. And so I, I think it's really cool that they made a, uh, you know, even, even more responsive version of that. And it's absolutely no surprise that it was super fast. I mean, a BRZ was super fast if you just swapped the tires and, you know, let it rip. Yeah, I believe that. It wasn't, did they design it on purpose or just a happy accident that you can fit four race tires in it? You flip the seats down and I, you can I don't fit. know if it's specifically four four tires, but it's definitely doable. I mean, I would I would look like a clown car when I showed up to a track day. I'd, I'd get out the full floor jack, four jack stands, uh, impact tools, and four wheels with tires on them. Yeah, one, one of the guys that we uh, – Not we to mention – I mean, Jimmy and not I are, gen, are both – Not to mention me. <laughs> both Jimmy and I are, are – uh, <laughs> Who's not a small man. He's <laughs> not a small man. <laughs> We're both, we both look kind of funny getting in and out of a BRZ uh generally but it but it it works great it's just a it's a great little car and also on a on like kind of a side note that's totally useless like driving a brz in the winter is one of the most fun it is things you can do like get some nice snow tires on there on some steelies it looks super badass and and then you know you can you turn all the stuff off and you can like n- I've never driven a car that responds that way on snow. It's so much fun. It it, it was it's easy. Yeah, we that we had that uh, BRZ long trimmer, and I took that every chance I got in the mm-hmm. winter and mm-hmm. drove it up north, drove it everywhere. It just amazingly easy to drive. I mean, the and, snow has to get above. Eight inches to not drive. Like six, it'll go through six inches, no problem. I'd never, no, had, I'd I never had a problem. I mean, Kate, uh, yeah. you I mean, know, about ten inches. I mean, it'll be a snowplow in ten inches. I, I mean, I, I drove. I, so I'm a bad. <laughs> depends on depends on how hard the snow is. You know, right, it depends on whether it's, it's powder been allowed to set. You know, yeah. I don't. I mean, I so, you know, growing up, I did rip rip the bumper off once though. I did drive a, my last two winter cars before I started working at Auto Week were a 911 and a 73 Beetle. So. I feel like maybe I've like a your your perception is skewed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I got in a car with traction control and snow tires on. Oh, it. I was like, great! This is so easy. Yeah. Have you guys driven this yet? <laughs> this is like a, a, a Wrangler. Um, so here's the question: uh, about the same price, Miata or BRZ? It totally depends. Like if you, I think if, for you, Jimmy, what would you buy? Uh, if I said here's thirty thousand dollars, and it's my only car. Yes. Uh, BRZ. BRZ. Yeah, BRZ. I agree, BRZ. Even though I love the, I love the Miata. Now, I, second now car, I, that's a tougher yeah, call. If I had a truck, car. and uh, right. that's a tougher call. That Miata is so unbelievably it's good. Unbelievably good. If I lived Speaking in like put, California, had no friends or any other hobbies, I would get the Miata. Well, no so really just also, the California. Then. Another car that <laughs> <laughs> all you gotta do is throw tires on right. it, and it no becomes. One, no one would like me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just uh, sit in air conditioning. <laughs> yep. Another good car that if you throw tires on becomes amazing, like yeah. race tires or, or good tires. I don't know. Just just the way it is at Miata. I drove one for the first time in a while, I don't know, last month, and it was just like, holy shit, this is a good. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think I think that that is one of the best cars you can buy at any price point, period. I think you're right. Yeah. Miata? Yeah. Yep. I had never driven one. I think as an enthusiast, what? that's uh, I've only I've only driven the first-gen Miata. <clears throat> 
What? Got to you got to try this. Which is I'm actually looking to I'm looking to buy a Miata. If any if anybody out there has a Miata to sell for And even then it was five it was a spec Miata 7 too, to so, 10,000. Yeah. yeah. 7 to 10. Jesus. 5 to 7 to 10. What do you win the lottery there? Closer Kyle? to 5. Closer to 5 is what I'm looking for. All right. So I think uh we got some house cleaning stuff I do want to mention um very briefly we have the uh, 24 hour, 24 hours of Le Mans, uh, cars in Corktown, spectacular, uh, beginning Saturday. Uh, what is the date? That's next weekend. The 16th. Yep. 16th, uh, down in Corktown, the usual place at the factory. It's this weekend as you're hearing it. Yeah. Probably this weekend as yep. you're hearing it. Tomorrow uh, as you're hearing it. Yeah. Uh, so come down for that where the after party will move at what time? Four o'clock. Four o'clock to Thomas McGee's where we had our whole party last year. Uh, we will take care to pace ourselves uh, this time. Take care to pace yourself. Mm. Yep. Yes, you yes. will not be here. I will be in, Maybe. in France. <clears throat> Maybe we... I don't know. Is there a lot of drinking at Carson Coffee or not until no. the bar anyway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's lots of drinking, just coffee. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So I was thinking about maybe we should transport people from Carson Coffee to the bar. No, there won't I, be drinking. Jesus, at if you are, if you're drunk by the time you leave Carson, I mean it's four o'clock. You have you have a drinking problem. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Man, nothing we not do. <laughs> nothing it's, we do is going. It's four o'clock on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I've seen it's everyone in this room drunk at four o'clock on a Saturday. So don't is, tell me that. Okay, this is, but not when I have to drive across town. Not in public. Now when I have to True. drive across town. Um, but anyway. No, it should be great. We have a ton of race cars coming out. It's we gonna have be awesome. a, it's gonna a be Le Mans winner. Yeah, so we've got, we've got three featured cars. It's something uh, actually really special. Um, we have one car representing each of the big three from Detroit um, and their winning ways at uh, Le Mans. So we have the 1998 uh, actual Le Mans winning Viper. Dodge Viper. Which is so awesome. awesome. Yep. Um, we've got a 2012 uh, Corvette C6R, which is um, not the Le Mans winning car, but it is the same. The C6R did win at Le Mans. Yeah, yeah. the same year. Um, and then we also have, I, I think it's a it's a test car of the Ford GT race car, but for all intents and purposes, it's same car. It's the same car. So very cool opportunity to see um, something very. I, I think very unique. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't think know if outside of Le Mans, those happened, three cars have ever been together. Especially the Viper. Yeah. Uh, no, they've actually never. They've never been. Yeah. Yeah. So, very unique. Um, super unique. That's we're also cool. going to have some some super cool um, local race cars show up, which is really exciting. So, yeah, everyone's welcome to come on down and bring now, them a ride. Attendance is twenty bucks, thirty bucks. ahead. Attendance is free. What? Free. Free to all. Free. Well, yeah, but I still got to pay twenty bucks, though, right? You you, you do. still yeah, okay. yeah, yeah you're right. subsidizing the rest of the people. Yeah. And the coffee's free. Donuts, donuts, donuts are bagels? free. Donuts, donuts. Okay. Yeah. Um, we did so, the bagels once. Yep. Come down, uh, cars in Corktown uh, Saturday, and then uh, stay until the the races. Well, stay until we get kicked out of the bar. I think. Yeah, is, uh, it's, it's yeah. pretty much. Uh, what I would recommend. That's, gonna that's, that's what gonna happened go. last time. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, also as I mentioned, uh. Only one person has tried to claim the tool thing on the the iTunes. So um, if you want some stuff, just email Wesley. He, he'll give you some stuff. He's got like a even pile need of, to I don't care. Yeah, we, got like a, we got like a good number of reviews. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing yeah. is, Stu, uh, you're not getting nothing. Yeah. No, <laughs> Stu, you know what? It's open to you too, buddy. Uh, 
go ahead, uh, Gravel. Uh, apologize to Wesley for for uh, besmirching his work. Uh, you he don't have to apologize to me. He was probably calling Wesley arrogant and no. Uh, I think he said. I think he by name. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We have we have uh, no uh, tools, but books <laughs> and car cleaning stuff. We do have a couple of, tools left. Yeah, lots I think. of stuff. A couple tools. Yeah. Um, Stu, we're sorry for giving you free content. Yep. Uh, we we apologize. Uh, we'll try to do better as always. I think, I think our goal with each of these is to do better. Um, and if, if Stu, if you want to send us some more detailed instructions on how to do a podcast, please. Or come on the show. By all means. Uh, all right. Just kidding, Stu. Thanks for the feedback. We appreciate it. Um, that's it for If you want this. to be grilled by our uh, leader here, go ahead and leave us some crappy feedback. You'd like you to be, belittled yourself. You too. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, so yeah, that's the uh, 30th episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for uh, the positive feedback, the negative feedback. Um, take a look. We've got an awesome issue of Auto Week coming to you. If you haven't subscribed to Auto Week, just do it. It's 20 bucks or whatever. Great, uh, great issue. Awesome. 80 pages of really sweet motorsport stuff. So, um, so get the magazine, uh, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.